We're we're missing somebody today. We are. Oh man. I know. I think actually Jen's working tonight. Oh okay. At her gotcha. other job. So because she when she said she was available not on Saturday, she was free on Thursday. But she also forgot it was Thursday yesterday. So I none of us feel that bad. We all forgot what day of the week it was. Mm. And we're like over recording on Sunday if we can possibly help it. Oh like yeah, having dude. Sundays off. I don't know what days y'all like, but. Sundays for me, I mean, I'm not trying to do anything, but actually Sundays are my cleaning days. So I clean the studio. I mean, we've got like a solid weekend routine. So, you know, it's Saturday morning, get up, make coffee, work out. Maybe I have time to go to Goodwill, check out the scene. The scene. (laughs) And then we're back here ready to record by one. We record until dinner and then I'm toast after Mm -hmm. that. Sunday, get up, make coffee, work out, go to Costco immediately, then go to Goodwill. And then by that time, it's already like after lunch. I mean, this is a... We got a lot going on. Would you like to tell people what you're known as? Um, I am known as the chicken lady um, at Costco. So I what? buy six to seven rotisserie chickens every week <laughs> for the dog food. They call her the chicken lady. They do. <laughs> That's I mean, it's four ninety nine. <laughs> They're not changing the price. And... Those are it's a big, great deal. They're those, big yeah, birds. They're big That's birds. Right. That's right. Like Harris Teeter will charge you. It's like it's seven ninety nine for like a little dinky bird, a little dinky rotisserie chicken. So, um, so it's definitely worth it. And they're like uh, every if it's a different person that's at the checkout line or someone. Sometimes like non Costco workers will ask me, and they're like, "What do you do with all of these chickens?" Or like, "Oh, someone's planning a party." It's like, well, okay, well, first of all, if I was planning a party, what would I do? do with seven rotisserie chickens like maybe make like a great chicken salad i don't know but um i was like oh yeah i make food for my dogs and like wow how many do you have (laughs) like you have how many chickens are you getting like three dogs i mean they're lucky dogs it's kind of messed up though that they refer to you as like maybe you wouldn't like that like what if you were a karen or something and you were just like i like rotisserie chicken and this is my meal for the every day of the week maybe Mm. Maybe. Hey, Martin. Uh, what's up, man? What's up? What's up? What's up? So, um. Yes, I am the chicken lady, not the hickey lady. <laughs> the hickey lady? What are you talking about? I haven't had a hickey since high school. Who the man. fuck's giving you hickeys? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> I'm going to contact him. Hey, man. <laughs> Get your hands off my girl. <laughs> uh, You're like, what? <laughs> it's literally been 15 years or 16 years since then, but. It's cool. It's cool. Don't don't choke on us. Guys, guess what? We're pulling out some bodies today. I shouldn't have said that so happy. It's a great day to talk about murder. All right. Yeah. So um, we're doing Dean Coral. And you know what? You don't actually have had to listen to episode one and two to listen to this one because we're just going to be literally pulling bodies out of a boat shed and, and talking about how they got there. So if you know a little bit about the serial killer, the dude's a serial killer, mm-hmm. then you're fine, you know. Mm-hmm. But you should go listen to those later if you want, you know. Anyway, oh man, I just like ruined the mood. Shit. Everyone's no. having fun. No, we're all having fun. <laughs> we're all having a great time. Mm-hmm. So is anyone drinking green beer? Your your can is beer is green. Yeah. I almost said your can is beer. 
<laughs> if you haven't heard the other Dean Coral podcast episodes, don't worry about it. We're not going to tackle him yet. Okay, that's going to be tomorrow. This is just pulling out some of the victims that were buried. And the title of this episode is going to be called Boat Shed Dead. What's wrong with your stomach? Ooh, it's brutal. Wasn't an answer. So we are going to a boat shed tonight. Well, well, there you have it. And I've never owned a boat. I've never owned a boat, but I have owned a shed. So I think I, I can, I have some authority you to talk half about this. Of this story down. I think I, I qualify to talk about this story. You are an authority on the subject. All right, let's, sheds. let's get going, man. We're going to Google Earth and I'll put all these photos on talkmurder.com like usual, like I've always been doing. So if you're listening on podcasts right now. Uh, just go to talkmer.com. And if you're on live stream right now, thank you so much for being here. Just look at your screen when I say, Hey, look at this, <laughs> but not right now. <laughs> All right. Tonight we're going to a boat shed and okay, this is 1973. And do you know where we're at? What do you mean? What state are we in? Texas. <laughs> Don't mess with Texas. All right, mm-hmm. here we go. All right. Well, this isn't all the way big, but. Hey, Wolfie. What's up, Wolfie? Hey, Courtney. Look at people are starting still joining us. Oh my this God. is great. Everyone's here. All right. So we're actually going to Pasadena and, and this is the first time I'm looking this shit up too, guys. So I'm with you. I don't think it, how, how close is Pasadena to Houston? I don't know. I know there's a Pasadena, California, but I don't know where Pasadena, Texas is. Martin, do you know? I know Martin's in Texas. Pasadena. Uh, I think Amanda said she's also in Texas, right? Did I miss that? Amanda? I'm seeing hey? Houston. I think Amanda said she's in Dallas. All right. Well, we're looking for a boat shed. So we are going to Texas. Hello, other Amanda. Hello, Amanda. Or Amber. Sorry. Amber said she was from Texas, I believe. Hey, actually, I think this is it. Is that the house? The boat shed. Oh, so, it looks like. Yeah, that looks like boat storage. Sorry, it's not a uh, Amanda. All the way big. Oh, Amanda and Amber are in Texas. There you go. Amber's in Dallas and Amanda's from Texas, Fort Worth. Oh, nice. So you guys know this story obviously does everyone in texas know this story i mean the candy man is an iconic name even though if i even though i don't know the story i know there's a serial killer named the candy man don't worry we're gonna talk about the whole thing it's crazy i'm telling you this guy is he's probably one of literally probably the worst i've covered this right here is the boat shed so like can, so it's almost like he has his own little storage unit within the boat boat shed huh so it's it, it like is it he the only one in the particular boat shed so no, it's no. almost like a little storage unit type thing or this well, is so, justine corals this no 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 so this is lot number 11 okay so it's part of a bigger like boat yeah 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 it's a boat storage, storage yeah yeah place okay so it looks like there it's it almost reminds me of like a little storage unit or um i mean a, a, or almost like a um um, like truck. What is it? Uh, s- hmm? Truck? Uh, like a storage container. It lo- that's oh. what it looks like from the outside because it looks like it's like sheet metal type stuff. But it looks like it has, you know, clear doors maybe that open up that are red. Um, but inside there's, it looks like boxes, maybe some plywood, some buckets of things. So it actually looks a lot smaller than it. This picture is deceiving because check out these pictures, right? Um, if I can get to them. Pasadena is near Houston, probably five or six hours south of where Amanda is. So here's another one inside the boat shed. So it, it looks bigger than it is. If I go back one and you see. Yeah, it looks like the size of a storage container. There. Yeah, it looks small there because I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's that deep. But when you get in there, <laughs> you get in there as big. That's I've never heard that before <laughs> uh. <laughs> but it looks like it, it uh, um 
Lauren made the this point. It looks like other people could access it pretty easily. It's a storage unit. And yeah. it's a storage unit facility that mm-hmm. uh, the woman, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about the woman who owns it a little bit because she has some quotes in here. But as a storage unit, other people do own lots. Well, they don't own them. They rent them. Mm-hmm. But you bring your own lock, you know. Okay. So the like padlock or something. Yeah, padlock. Just like a, a regular storage unit. I Like I said, I've never owned a boat. So I've never had to need a boat storage. Mm-mm. I mean, that would be freaking nice, apparently. But uh, here's some photos inside of it. And you see, what what is this? man check this one out right here <laughs> we've been watching a um, lot of american yeah i know that is exact <laughs> and, and and last night at what we were watching they were going through a huge storage unit and i'm thinking like oh, i wonder that but how much that is that bike worth is that a vintage <laughs> are you not thinking that right now yeah so okay disclaimer <laughs> disclaimer we've been watching a lot of american pickers like that's all we watch now so we get on a show and we watch every episode yeah we're on season two of american pickers we're yeah, we got a lot to do. So I'm thinking, I mean, that's a nice piece. You know, how much how much you think you want? I, for- I'd be a player for fifty dollars <laughs> for that bike. Uh, so um, I, well, I would I would I mean, let's see what the boat looks like and I'll make you an offer. All right. Well, well, well hold on. You just said something that's really weird. What? Uh, regarding to the story. I'd be a player for. No, well, the bike. What? Why is there a, a kid's bike there? Oh, yeah. I didn't really think about that. That is kind of probably not good, is it? <laughs> so a couple of things you see here. You see a a, a Camaro. It's under a, a tarp. Um, should we not assume that there's a boat or a Camaro under that tarp? Huh? Like, is it bodies under that tarp? <laughs> no, there's no bodies in here. Oh, okay. I'm just showing you the, you I know. thought this was literally called bodies <laughs> in the boat shed. So. I dive so deep in this story. We're actually going to Dean Coral's like random storage area that has nothing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, there are a lot of bodies in here. Trust me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you, I'll give you the opportunity to show me the bodies. So look at the floor because I mean, where else are the bodies going to, they're going to be buried under the the ground. So they're here. So see if you can see any lumps or anything or hair, because this is the exact photo. This is what the detectives were looking at when they first entered this boat shed. And this is at, uh, what was it? 4,500 Silver Bell street in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Another thing you notice here, guys, is here's some paint right here, acrylic paint. And from the episode tomorrow that I've laid out, we're going to go into Dean Coral, the candy man, tell you everything about him. But where he worked, he had access to acrylic paint. And de- so he wasn't a very rich man. You know, he he was making decent money. He was at what? We are discuss. I just want to let you know we are discussing on the live chat here the color of the tarp. Again, refer back to one of our all-time favorite episodes boys on the tracks you think our producer friend would want to make a movie out of that one boys on the tracks Dude, you think, I would. <laughs> or you think the clinton tie is maybe maybe a little too risky dude i would do it I'd do if anything. he would do it i would do it yeah. yeah maybe i mean that was a great one yeah you know that 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 guy that was there yeah so, so if you don't know what we're talking about two boys 
and this was in the 90s, I believe. They they were found dead on a railroad track. They were planted there. In Ar- was it Arkansas or Alabama? Arkansas, because this were I can't I couldn't <laughs> remember. To not to spoil it or try to, but the thinking is they stumbled upon a huge drug landing zone. <laughs> in which the Clintons may or may not have been involved with. Yes, and there is an interview with a guy that was the guy that put the boys there. Mm-hmm. He was a big guy. He was a professional wrestler at one point. And he says on the radio that he was on the, the phone. Now, this is when you had the mm-hmm. car phones. He was on the phone and Miss Hillary Clinton said, put the boys on the track <laughs> or something like that. Oh, man. <laughs> like he went on record and said that shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a great episode. That was a great one. Yeah. I was like. That should have won a Peabody that episode. I'll tell you. Yeah, and we're not political, man. If if we no, had done if, that shit, we would have <laughs> did the same shit. Oh yeah, I don't give. A, I don't. Give, we've we've absolutely done cases where yeah. there are ties on both sides. I don't. I don't give a crap. All right, here's another photo here. So just more random shit. Nothing I can really see here. Mm, some sheet metal. Yeah. Looks like, is that a helium, like, balloon tank Yeah, I was looking at that. Like, what is that? I was actually thinking about all the games I play. I was like, I wonder if I shoot that, it'll blow up. No, <laughs> no, it won't because it's not colored red. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Because if you shoot something in the video game I, that's red, I mean, it blows I'm not, up. See, if, I, if I'm, a, you know, doing a pick here, you know, so far the bike is the only thing I see that's intriguing. This would be a nightmare pick, I will tell you, if you're going to pick this. Because the uh, terrible odor that is emanating from this, which you're, you're going to uh, see. Oh boy. Because you're going to read some uh, quotes. Now here's. Oh dear. What do we got in this bag? (laughs) Bag number one. Oh, there's your shoes, Nicole. Oh God, but there's like stuff tied in it. It looks like a man's shoe, right? Mm, I don't know. With like a foot still in it or or no. Take a guess right now. How many bodies are under this boat shed? Eight. Under it? No, I mean. In it. In it. You said under. But they're not like in the stash in the car. They're they're buried. Okay. Under the ground. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Be specific. Okay. Like the the appropriate. Um. Prep, preposit, no, prepositional phrase, like under, through, beneath, you know, of those things matter. Oh We're, man, we have some uh, guesses going on. Nine, 16. Should we give away a prize? Double digit. Sure, why not? All right, so we'll do whoever's closest to the, the number pulled out of the ground. Whoever that is, we'll send you something. All right, well, I don't, everyone's assuming Wolfie's right. Is Wolfie right? She said 28. Yeah, what's the number? No, I'm, I said out of the boat shed. We're not doing all the other locations. Okay. Just What's the, the number? I'm not going to tell you now. Oh it's part God. of the story. Oh, my. All right. So we're just going to I'm going to have to scroll back up later. All right. So 4500 Silver Bell, Pasadena, number 11. Inside this storage unit was a strip 1971 Chevy Camaro, a two two 10 pound stacks of red top dehydrated lime. Why would they have that? Like lime you put in the, the margaritas? I'm assuming it's not that lime. I'm actually looking up red top lime. Let's see if it's still a company. Uh, I can't find it. So do you know what lime's used for? Um, is it for like corrosion stuff? Yeah. Like CLR, you know? I love CLR. I eat that for breakfast. It's so good. I hope you don't because that <laughs> is extremely toxic. There was also eight empty, eight empty 20 gallon cans marked, quote, survival supplies, office of civil defense, department of defense, drinking water. <laughs> 
fuck, I don't know. He was drinking lime? No, it was just random shit. And I don't know even how he got that. All right, cool. There was also, as Nicole tried to bid on, a child's bicycle. <laughs> there was wires, batteries, spray paint. And that bike actually matched a 13-year-old Pasadena boy. Because they got the, uh, I guess, the serial number off of it. Of the bicycle. Because it was in pretty good shape, you saw. Right. So they traced it back to a stolen report, the police stolen report. Uh-huh. And that's how they figured out who one of the, the multiple victims were. One of the many victims were. And it's a chi- it was a child. 13-year-old Pasadena boy. He actually went missing five days before. Mm, wow. That car was... A car stolen from a used car lot in March. I guess they were stripping it, the paint, recolor it. You know, still risky. Scratch off the VIN. I mean, if you take the VIN off still, like, you're going to have to answer questions from cops. They stop yeah, you. Yeah, of, of where like, who the fuck? Yeah. Like, what, what is this? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, why is there no VIN on here? And there was a layer of white on the floor. You saw some of the white on the floor. What, mm-hmm. what would the white be? Let me see, let me go back real quick and see mm-hmm. if I can see a picture. Cleaning supplies? Okay, I think this is what they're talking about with the, the layer of white. You see how it's kind of white down yeah. here, maybe? I don't know. What do you think? Kind of looks like the rocks, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's what they're talking about. Maybe, I don't know. But that layer of white was the lime. Mm. So that, it's like a white powder. It's good for dissolving bodies. Our biological, well, you go. biological material, right? Uh, Sable asked, so is this his collection of trophies? That's actually a really interesting point you just said. And honestly, I guess we'll never know because if you listen to the last episode and, and you know, D- or you know Dean Coral's story, you know he's dead, so he couldn't answer any questions for himself. But that's that's actually a really good point because, mm-hmm. you know, why why wouldn't he dump that bicycle? I mean, the, the boy they snatched five days ago, so it might be uh, we just haven't gotten to it yet. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still a really good question. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, their shoes. There were other things. Yeah, that's true. From the book, The Man with Candy by Jack Olson, quote, a small trapezoid of brownish yellow began to appear below the lime and a sickening stench curled into the shed as though the diggers had suddenly breached a fumarole in a sulfur pit. Combined with the spearheaded enclosed air of the shed, the effect was strongly emetic. Mm. The detective held his nose and scraped some dirt away from his hand. It's a skull, he said quietly. Keep digging. Keep digging. That should be the episode title. Let me jump back for one second. So the reason we're at the boat shed is, and if you haven't listened to the story, I'm going to briefly go through it because we started at the end. And I did that on purpose, but a boy named Wayne Henley, which was Dean Coral, the Candyman's accomplice, mm-hmm. if you will. Right. He was helping traffic people. Yes. He killed Dean Coral. Dean Coral. Quote, I killed Dean. <laughs> That's what he said. I killed. He did. He killed his mentor, Dean Coral. And after that, it was was uh, okay what is all this torture stuff here like he came out immediately and told the truth he said i'm gonna say everything truthfully david brooks which we're gonna talk about tomorrow didn't he wanted to kind of deny it and you know because they could have gotten away with this because they could have just blamed everything on dean Mm -hmm. but so wayne henley said i can show you 29 bodies basically buried in different locations that's why we're at the boat shed so this is right after 
after that happened, right after Dean Quarrel was killed. Now Wayne Henley, David Brooks as well, they're at the boat shed with the police and they have some trustees, which is like a, you know, prisoners to dig. And that's where we're at now. So okay. is everyone, we're on the same yep. page here? Okay. This is Wayne Henley. He's a character for real. He feels bad about all this, about helping and all this and about burying all these bodies. So this is an interview with him. I was going to get to this later, but I didn't know it was on this video. But the media were dying to hear from this boy. This this slender, face full of acne, teenage boy who apparently has been helping Dean Coral get all these boys and bury them. Mm -hmm. They finally got an interview with him and you see him. He doesn't even want to show his face. And and when, when he does an interview or whatever, but now you can hear his voice. You can hear kind of how he sounds. So this is great. Mama. Who's this? It's Wayne. Yes, this is Mama, baby. Mama? Yeah. I killed Dean. Wayne? Mom, I killed Dean. All right, so here's them digging right here. So this is in the boat shed, and that's that white material that came out. Mm -hmm, or maybe that's... Yeah. Actually, Could I think that bone. might be a bone. Yeah. That more looks like a bone. So that's that video right there. So, you, you know, what do you think? Pretty bad, eh? Mm-hmm. You want to change your number yet? What did you say, eight? Mm -hmm. So here's a uh, just another quick photo of the digging. You can see this guy's having a good time. So, and you see this right here. What does that a look like? A wheelbarrow with a skull and some other bones. Yeah, there. so it was not a pretty sight. And we did the John Wayne Gacy episode. And I, I think I did a whole episode of them just inside the crawl space. And that would that would be fucking awful. In a crawl space the under smell. John John Wayne Gacy's house, I think he had like 30 victims under there or something. And there's no ventilation. The smell of decom decomposition and... God, I can't imagine. So even in this photo right here, just real quick, you see this guy back here holding his nose. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Crazy, man. You guys still on here? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right, so next came a quote, Pell Vertigris. I don't even know what that means, but it sounded kind of anatomical. Mm -hmm. A quote, Pell Vertigris chest, end quote, of a boy in plastic. They also uncovered at that same location a naked body of a boy, 12 to 13, in a plastic bag lying on his back. So I'm going to show you that photo right now. And this is um, sort of graphic. One second. What? Sort of. So, sort of. That's according to John. We're going to go with <laughs> sort of. Hold on. It's, uh, one second. Wolfie says, uh, John Wayne Gacy was the one to beat his kill count. They weren't even using the term serial killer yet at this point. That's interesting. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. I guess they were. Oh, whoa. So this is what they found. Try to describe what this is. Number one, you, you see right here. Looks like a leg. And you see the bag. Yeah. So you see like this is a plastic bag. Yep. The, the majority of the victims are covered in plastic. And I think what this is here. So he's trying to preserve. Here's how he did it. He would put the lime in there, which is like a, a uh, decomposing a, agent. Decomposing agent, and it breaks down. So he wraps the body in plastic and then pours the lime on that. That way, that the the lime isn't going to seep gonna out stay. into the earth. Exactly, it's not going to seep out into the earth. Yeah. Got it. So, which is why you see the plastic here. So this one, it would be a, a rather recent murder. Then, well, so if the flesh in the body. 
body hasn't decomposed from the lime. Well, so no one knows exactly how many he's killed. We only really know how many he's killed according to his two accomplices, David Brooks and Dean and Wayne Henley. His two accomplices says, okay, this is how many he's killed. Right now, the total is 28, maybe 29. That is probably an extremely low number because that is saying that Dean Coral only started killing when he had accomplices, which that doesn't even make sense. Okay, you know, now that I have, you're saying, okay, a sexual sadist, he's not going to, he's not going to to go too far, if you will, Mm -hmm. and and kill or whatever, which we'll talk about tomorrow, unless he has an accomplice. Yeah. He's probably done this by himself. That makes sense. And no one knows how many times, because there were a lot of missing kids from the Heights. This uh, is a township in, uh, around Houston. And all these missing kids, they just labeled them as runaways. Oh, they're runaway. I mean, this was the seventies, but kind of reminds me how like in with Pee Wee Gaskins murders, you know, so many people were, I think marked as, as runaways and whatever, but you don't know how many of them were actually murdered. Yeah. Particularly murdered by Pee Wee Gaskins. So now the bodies are starting to come up and here's another one right here. This is, I think this is the same photo. Maybe, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a better quality. Maybe this is graphic right here. This, is the uh oh that that is an entire body yeah so you see and i can't really t- i think this is the butt like the buttocks right um, here um yeah you know? i think so mm-hmm. and this is maybe the back that's the arm yep yeah i think yeah, the so arm. arm that's the and elbow obviously mm-hmm. the head p.s hey colleen oh what's up colleen i mean so this is how far the body was buried so let me go this photo here and then going back to this so it's like right here right mm-hmm. you would say like right here yep outside wayne henley my I killed Dean. Wayne is outside crying in the car. Now, Wayne goes through some different uh, different personality changes, if you will. He is real relieved, as a lot of killers are, once they admit to everything. He's real relieved. But then he goes through this depression and this just, uh, just mood swings, basically. And that was him on the phone. Mama, I killed Dean. Now, we're going to talk about Wayne Henley a lot, because the, and the reason why I want to go into him is because he is trying to get parole right now and he may actually get out of prison. Mm. Yeah, so David Brooks died of COVID. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. Which we're going to talk about him too, but Wayne more importantly because he is actually trying to get out of prison right now. So I want to structure the episode on saying, should this guy be allowed out of prison or not? You know, we okay. haven't really went into his part of things. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, actually, I think Wolf, you was asking about who the other guy, the other guy was named Dave or something, right? Yeah, um, David Brooks. I, for, I like forgot about the other guy completely, honestly. Yeah, I'm going to talk about him tomorrow. He wasn't there when Dean Coral was killed. And those first two parts was only the killing of Dean Coral. Remember mm-hmm. Rhonda yep. Williams? Yep. Yeah, the, the girl in the torture bed. So can you read the one uh, I sent you? It's my fault. This is what Wayne Henley said. It's my fault, Henley said. I can't help but feel guilty like I done killed those boys myself. Because I'm dick, I caused them to be dead. I let them strike to Dean. Sorry, I had to read it the way you <laughs> typed it in it. No, so that's from the book, uh, the Jack Olson book. So he really goes for the Houston accent. Yeah. So I'm going to try to read it. It's my fault. I can't help but feel guilty. I done killed those boys my, like I done killed those boys myself. I caused them to be dead. I let them straight to Dean. <laughs> straight to Dean. 
straight to Dean. Straight to Dean. All right. Closer to the center of the boat shed, they pulled out, uh, and this was eight inches down. They found a layer of lime, bodies of two more teenage boys, one shot twice in the head, the other strangled with a Venetian blind cord, which is one of those, I don't know if... We still have those, right? No, we don't have those. But the blinds, you, you pull down the string and the blinds go up. Now, the blind and a lot of these victims actually had the Venetian blind cords still knotted around their necks. Now, this photo here is super graphic. This is the worst photo of the case here. I don't know. Can you describe this one for us? Oh, geez, Louise. Yeah, that's. Uh, OK, we're we are looking at a a, you know, head and torso looks bloodied or there there's there's some bodily juices up in that bag. Christ, I know. Hey. It makes me want to not eat meat anymore that sounds so fucked up and i'm not trying to be Ugh. funny it's just i don't know it just reminds me of that so let me describe this from what i'm seeing here and sorry i know this is really graphic guys but like i think this is the butt the buttocks area right here and these are the legs i think he's kind of in a fetal position at this point so this body is in plastic this is obviously a new body that has been put there and the body hasn't even broken through the like the second layer of skin yet it's that that bloody you know layer of skin was mm -hmm. it the dermis or some shit mm -hmm. so that's what you're seeing that one's fucking terrible <laughs> Now, keep in mind, all of these boys, with the exception of one, and not a good exception, by the way, are between the ages of 11 and 13. So these are all young kids. <laughs> I think everyone is now thinking the same thing <laughs> about not wanting to eat meat. I know, dude, I'm not trying to be funny, but like, I just, I don't know. I just thought in my head like a rack of ribs or something. I was like, oh, oh. Fuck. when I saw that today, like I did not, I would not ask for like a burger or anything thing today it, when I saw that. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. it that affected me. Perhaps just a cheese pizza later. <laughs> <laughs> Extra sauce. Big old bites. <laughs> Extra Extra tomato sauce. Yeah. Well, Taro and, and Shram are vegan. Um, let's see. Oh, you're uh, vegan? And <laughs> Amber was like, damn it, I was about to go to dinner. May not eat meat now. <laughs> I'm, we well, are ruining <laughs> appetites everywhere. What did you expect? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I'm man. waiting on Chinese. Co Colleen, <laughs> um, I know that you are in Holland. John said that we're doing a, a story tomorrow about the your neighbor in Bel Belgium. Oh, is that her neighbor? Yeah. yeah. Belgium's right next door, man. Oh, okay. You've been everywhere. Hey, Amanda, um, while you're waiting on the Chinese, I I did a weird story. Um, I can still eat Chinese food. The serial cat killers. You should listen to that. <laughs> Why do you want to ruin it for everyone? Remember I did that story? With, I do. That affected me, man. I, dude, I'd rather... This is fucked up, but I'm just going to say it. I'd rather see humans die than animals. I don't care oh, what yeah, animals, totally. man. Like, so I did a whole story on serial cat killers. Like, they would go around neighborhoods and kill cats. Man, and that makes me sick, man. <laughs> she, she heard it. She remembers it. She remembers that episode. There you go. <laughs> From the book The Man with the Candy by Jack Olson, the boy had been strangled with a Venetian blind 
lined cord, still knotted in a tight noose around his neck. The mouth was open so wide that all the upper and lower teeth showed. Poor kid, a detective said, shaking his head slowly. He died straining for air. Straining for air or screaming. That's freaking terrible. I didn't know how hard it was to kill someone strangling them until I read this book. And apparently it's pretty hard to do. Even a kid. I guess they just do not die if you strangle them. I don't know. Good to know, I guess. Dean Coro has been renting this boat shed since November 17th, 1970. He was killed in 1973. Like this, That's a lot of opportunity. (laughs) Dean Coro never owned the boat. He starts renting a boat shed before he even meets Wayne Henley and David Brooks. Well, he, he, he met them before, but before they became his right hand men, he's renting a boat shed, not planning to put a boat in it. Like, is there another location somewhere Mm. that no one knows and no one will ever know? Probably. If it wasn't for Wayne Henley, this would be the only bodies we have. There are a few more other locations that we're going to talk about. Oh, wow. And the and the boat uh, facility is called the uh, South, was it Southwest Boat Shed or something like that? I have it in my notes. But anyway, it's owned by a Miss Mayaner and she is a sweet old lady and she rents this out and she actually loved Dean. Dean was the nicest person ever, which we're going to talk about. Everyone has so many great things to say about Dean. He's he was can- a nice person. He's the sweet candy man. Oh, no, no. So since 1970, he's been renting this boat shed for $20 a month and, quote, never, never a bit of trouble, end quote, end quote, said Miss Miner. Why, he was the nicest person you'll ever meet, she said. He had the most infectious smile you'll ever see. You mean Coral? Yes, Dean. Why, we were always talking to him. Just a week or two ago, he offered to give me some plants. He'd go out of his way to visit with me. Oh, she sounds so sweet. The only thing wrong with with him renting there, I mean, he he always paid on time. He was very nice. He would bring her candy. He's the candy man. He would bring her pralines. And the only trouble, and it wasn't even that trouble, and it wasn't his fault, apparently. I mean, it's not his fault. But after really heavy rains, when it just pours down and and the water kind of seeps under the boat shed, all the... It's so small, I shouldn't even mention it really, but you know, other boat shed owners, other boat owners notice this terrible smell emanating from his his uh, storage his unit, unit mm-hmm. his unit. And that was pretty much the only trouble. That and one other thing I need to, to say, because it's really not even that big of a deal, but there was this neighborhood dog, kind of like a stray, and he would always just run over to Dean's unit, unit number 11, and just sit there for hours, scratching at the door and whining. Scratching the door. You know how dogs do. Probably I shouldn't even mention it. It's not even that big of a deal. <laughs> Jesus oh. Christ. Now you know. You should always mention it. <laughs> Another time, sweet old lady Miss Miner recalled him sitting alone in his van until everyone else left. All the staff members, all the other boat owners, they, everyone left. She was in the office, Miss Miner, and he sat there for two hours waiting. Everyone finally left. Quote, he just waited patiently, Miss Miner said. And then he got out and began unloading something. We figured it was something he was proud of or something he didn't want to show. 
show. <laughs> well, you figured correctly. And I will say one last thing about uh, sweet old Miss Mayanner. She didn't actually know what he was storing there because they bring their own padlocks. But she did tell the, the news media that he had been, quote, pestering her for months to get more space, end quote. Mm. So... Well, by the end of day one, eight bodies were pulled out. All right. Well, I did say eight, but that was not what you had said. Well, that's not the whole answer. Correct. I said all together. So that is just day the one, one day. I'm all right. I'm out. I'm actually going to show you a diagram of where all the bodies were placed. And I mean, it's it's almost it. it I'll have to show you, but it's almost like te- Tetris, mm. like positioning the bodies so they don't uh, overlap. You know? Yeah. Like he needed more space. Let's put the faces to the the decomposed bodies we just saw. So here's one right here. And this is one I want to start with. If you can describe this boy. Um, I mean, young. Is he blonde? Yeah, I guess. Blonde. blonde. How old do you think he is? I'm going to go with like 13. This kid was one of many, which I'm going to tell you how many were found in the boat shed. But his name was David Hillegeist. I'm starting with him because you got to start somewhere. So I'm going to start with him. He was actually found right in the middle, actually. And I'm going to show you a diagram and I'll show you exactly where his body was found. Mm-hmm. But it was right in the middle and there were bodies like on the, all the sides and everything. But he, he was right in the middle. And he went missing on Memorial Day. This was May 29th, 1971. And this boy in particular, this is what makes me think that Dean Coral has a lot more victims out there that no one knows about because mm. this boy was a friend of Wayne Henley's and Wayne Henley actually helped the family put up flyers. He had no idea this happened just to kind of bring you in there. Kind of crazy, right? Yeah. So on Memorial Day, May 29th, 1971, this boy lived in the Heights. Now, a little bit about the Heights. I told you township subdivision. It's actually the oldest one in Texas, I believe, mm-hmm. set up like in the 1800s. Anyway, it's a whole it's just a subdivision. It sounds like an apartment building, the Heights, but it's, it's actually a town. OK, yeah. Yep. 90% of the boys came from the Heights, which is crazy, right? Because like, where the fuck are all these Heights boys going? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> May 29th, 1971. This boy, David Hillegeist, he lived in the Heights. He was a an aspiring musician. Even at the young age of nine, he wanted to be a jazz drummer and he was cool. really good. I know, right? Yeah. A jazz drummer. That reminds me of that movie that gives you so much fucking anxiety when you watch it. Oh, God. What Whiplash. is that? Whiplash. Oh my oh, god. Oh, that's a great movie. But man, that that I kinda wanna watch that again now. No, dude, I can't do um, it. It's a great movie, but it makes you scringe. It's anxious. It, it's about this drummer and what is it? The music uh music hall at Berkeley or something? Like uh music I can't school. remember what, what music school it was. Anyway, but. this kid is trying out for this music school and he's a drummer. And the guy who is the guy that does farmers insurance, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a great actor. He is <laughs> He is a tyrant as a music teacher, and it is a phenomenal movie. Yeah, anyway. yeah, it is. Yeah. So he was an aspiring jazz drummer, even at the young age of nine, eight, nine years old. And this day, like many other days he had off, it was Memorial Day and it was hot outside. And what do you do when it's hot and you're a kid? 
did. Want to go swimming? There you go. He wanted to go find the pool. And I really doubt this pool is still there. It's called the Bohemian Lodge Pool. So he was going, he wanted to go to the Bohemian Lodge Pool. His parents, his mom, especially Dorothy, was not a helicopter mom, I would say, but she was very protective. Very protective, especially because, you know, there's been reports of kids going missing. David Hillegeist goes missing. He's been wanting to play at the pool, but he needed a buddy. His mother is very protective. I'm going to show you her in a little bit. And I could do a story all on its own about the heartbreak of a mother losing her child. And this was the perfect family to do it because it shows you how how horrible the effects can be on a, an, an entire family. The mother eventually loses her voice because of this, not from screaming, but, you know, some people just they go mute. It's, it's really weird if you've ever seen it, like people will just something happens and they just they I think it's like a psychological thing, but she just hmm. no more. Right. Wow. It, it's weird. It's the stress. So much stress. And so, so, so many nights of waiting by a phone that never rang. I mean, it's just terrible. Mm. She is distraught beyond words. But anyway, David Hillegeist was a mama's boy and she protected him. She loved him dearly and she sure as hell would never, ever let him go to the pool by himself. So he went with his neighbor, which they loved his neighbor. And this is the neighbor right here, which I'm going to talk about him in a second. But this is him. Can you describe him? I believe this is them together, actually. Um, Look, I mean, He's it looks older. like a, yeah, yeah, maybe like 16, 17. Yeah. And a six-year-old maybe next to him okay so i believe he's eight there and he and um the neighbor is 11 she told her son you cannot go to the pool by yourself you need to find a buddy so he got his neighbor which his neighbors the boy was named gregory malley winkle now everyone calls him malley so in a quote maybe one or two quotes you might see the word malley that's what he went by but this is him he was a very handsome boy for his age he kind of has a kennedy look to him mm-hmm. almost he kind of Reminds me of ooh, ooh, ooh. um um does he remind me of the guy from Happy Days? Is that what I'm thinking of? I need to do my hair like that, man. I fucked my hair up. You wanna see it? It's terrible. Y'all don't wanna see it. Yeah, he does kind of look like the guy from Happy Days. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What guy? Um, I don't remember what the character's name is, but but him. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Never I never watched it. I was more of a fresh prince kind of guy. <laughs> Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth <laughs> kind of guy. Anyway. Um, Is it Ron Howard, actually? Holy shit. I think it's Ron Howard. Ron Howard? Yes. When Ron, ha yeah. When Ron Howard was a kid, that's him. That looks like him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Ron Howard. Holy shit. There you go. Hmm. Ron Howard. What's up? Thanks for listening, uh, bud. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You got important things to do. Dorothy described her boy as small, delicate features, 5'3", less than 100 pounds, quote, ate like a gerbil, end quote. Was scrappy, though. He often proved himself. Himself. He never backed down from a fight, and but he was a small boy, even for his age. And he goes with Mally, and they're both together. So he does recruit his neighbor, Mally. Mm -hmm. And they're good friends. They're only two and a half years apart. They're good friends. Right. But they both go to the pool, the Bohemian Pool Lodge, together. However, when police went to the pool, they saw that neither Gregory or David had signed into the pool registry for that day. Okay. That's something to worry about. 
the Pasadena Houston police get a lot of shit for this because they would just label David Hillegeist as a runaway. The mom knows good and damn well her son didn't run away. Right. You know what I'm saying? They know Mally didn't run away. Like, this isn't a runaway. Okay, you have 30 kids or more from the Heights run away. Like, and they're, yeah. they're boys too. Isn't like hitchhiking to, to Woodstock or whatever, the hippie thing? Isn't that a female thing? Don't y'all mm-hmm. hitchhike? No. No, it's definitely not that not like a, a male or a female only thing, but this is probably like it, based on the area. I don't know if people are really, I don't know. It's like, this is very specific to a an age range, a type. Like you could say pe- people of all ages and genders and whatnot can go missing. You know what I mean? And, and it'd be like mixed, but this is very specific. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is going to make this whole case for you. We have not talked about Dean Quarrel, but we have not gone through him as right. a person. Right. But I really want you to think about his victim choice. Mm-hmm. Once you understand where these boys are coming from, it makes the case case a hundred times more sicker than it is. Okay. I'm going to let you simmer on that for a minute, but you're going to get it. It's going to pop in your head. And when it does, it makes the whole case. This one fucking fact makes the entire case. This is a crazy one. This is a crazy case. I mean, the guy is the guy is really sadistic, by the way. We're going to get to how he kills and everything. So a little bit about Gregory uh, Malley. Handsome, blonde, wavy hair, oversized blue eyes, long lashes, thick eyebrows, wide and easy smile, five, seven. He has a single mother, younger brother. He's a great kid, but he recently got in trouble. OK, he's 13 years old. He ended up stealing a bicycle, but he immediately regretted the decision. From author Jack Olson, the police kept him in jail for about a month. Mrs. Winkle recalled, they said I could take him home if if I wanted to because it wasn't Mally's fault. It was the other boys with him that really stole the bike and all that Mally did was ride it. But the police said that the sooner he learned the difference between a felony and a misdemeanor, the better off he'd be. They said, Ms. Winkle, he's had the chance to be the president of the United States if he learns this lesson young. They were so impressed by him. They loved him. But he ran away with his neighbor boy? Come on. There has been so many victims after this. Police didn't even think about anything nefarious. The reason they even dug up these bodies was a fluke. It's because he he got shot. And mm-hmm. then Dean called, I killed Dean. Right. I mean, how many other bodies would have been there? Anyway. Occasionally, he smoked weed. He drank a little bit, sniffed some glue. We all do that. And this is the distraught parents of uh, David Hillegeist. This is Dorothy right here I was telling you about. And let me tell you a little bit about her struggle real quick. Later that night, Gregory's mom, Jerry, that's what her name is. It's, mm-hmm. it's like Jaredine or something. She gets a call from her son. Quote, mother, I, I called because I knew you'd be worried. End quote. She could hear a muffled whisper in the background instructing him on what to say. Now, we think that muffled whisper was Dean. Mm-hmm. Dean Coral. Okay. We're in Freeport, mother. I called you to let you know where I was at. The mother says, Freeport? That's 60 miles away from home. You said you were going to a, a swimming pool, the Bohemian Lodge, six blocks away. How did you end up at Freeport, which is close to the Gulf of Mexico. Like, what are you doing there? How did you get there? You don't drive. Like, What are you doing out there? She said. What in the world are you doing there? Mally, you know better. You've never. I'm out here with the kids. 
What kids? Mama, there's just a bunch of boys and we're having a swim out here. Jerry Winkle asked how he had managed to get to Freeport, 60 miles away, and Mally said the kids had driven him. He said that the others were out now, but any minute someone would return and drive him home to Houston. Mrs. Winkle said, you know better than to be out this late. She hung up the phone. So her son has been to Freeport many times. He knows that city like the back of his hand. So having someone else in the background whisper, you're in Freeport. Like that's that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. He's been there plenty of times. He doesn't need someone to tell him where he's at. Mm-hmm. So was he blindfolded? Why was he 60 miles away? So Jerry, the mother, woke up at 4.30 a.m. Gregory was still not home. She started phoning the other parents. Neighbors recalled seeing David and Mally talking to a man in a white van. They climbed in and the van drove away from the Hillegeist family the next days up until up until December, literally up until Christmas, an empty Christmas without their son. They stopped eating. Sleep came in short spans, interrupted by nightmares and shiverings. Repeatedly, they awoke with the same words on their lips. It's not real. It's all a nightmare. I'm awake now. And then had to face the loss over again. The mother, Dorothy, was so distraught that she eventually lost her voice. That's the shock of losing her beloved son. Fred, the the husband and the father, was so distraught over losing his son. And not only losing his son, it's different if your son dies in a car wreck or if your son overdoses or whatever. That's terrible. Yeah. But if you don't know what happened to your son and if he's dead or alive, that is even worse. The father was so distraught that he was unable to work for at least six weeks, he would just sit home in a in a in a suit of depression and grief. They installed a new phone with a brand new phone number in the home. Do you know why they would do that? Why would they immediately put a new phone and new phone number? Because the old phone was for the missing son. They instructed all their friends, all their families, all their neighbors, all the telemarketers, hey, do not call this number anymore. This phone is for my son. If he ever calls, it'll be on. On this phone and Dorothy and Fred, they sat by the phone every night, that old phone with that one number waiting for that call that never came. That is fucking mm. terrible. That's sad. In the early morning hours, Mrs. Hill- Hillegast would stare at the phone, willing it to ring, but it remained silent, her prayers unanswered. Willing it, please. Oh, David, please. That's terrible. This kid was 13. Yeah. yeah. By Christmas time, it was an empty Christmas. The Jerry, Gregory's mother, said, quote, she was like a woman running around in a trance, a nervous trance. She couldn't face the truth. So crazy, right? The Hillegeist were very protective parents. Once David was eight and Mally was 11, you know, they had been at Mally's house, but the mother found out that instead they had visited a candy store. Okay, this is, and and this doesn't, when her son goes missing in 1971, none of this is like, oh my God, the candy man. Like, what the fuck? Is it the candy man? None of this starts spinning because he's a nice guy. He's a nice candy guy. Like, this was a one-time thing. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, when a few years ago, when he was only eight years old. Mally took him to this candy shop, the Coral Candy Company. We went someplace to visit, the child answered. Mrs. Hillgest spoke sternly. David, you know you were supposed to stay at Mally's. Whenever you go to somebody's house to play, that's where you're supposed to play. Well, Mally knows this man that has a candy factory behind the school on 22nd, and he's real nice. He has a pool table and everything. He gives us candy, and there wasn't anything wrong with it. Okay, before we go any further to that thing that I was 
telling you to realize about this case that makes it 10 times worse. That candy store, the Coral Candy Company, was right behind the Helms Elementary School. So that's a fact that we know. Check that off. Okay. Another fact, most of the victims came from that area in the Heights. Check mm -hmm. that off. Okay. Most of the victims, like David Hillegeist, was between the ages of 11 and 13. Check that off. Mm -hmm. Most had known Coral, the candy man throughout the neighborhood. Check that off. I told you in the last episode that at the time, the elementary school kids, years before, elementary school kids at Helms Elementary School would always go to the Coral Candy Company because Dean Coral would always fill their pocket with broken candy that he can't sell. Mm -hmm. So, and, they, and he did this for years. So, David, as well as all the other victims, most of the other victims, Dean Coral filled their pockets with candy year, years before. So he was like conditioning them? Does that not, does that not make the case really sick? I mean, it's like he's targeted the kids for years. The candy company was right behind the elementary school. All the, the victims, all the, literally 90% of the victims were elementary kids that came to the Coral Candy Company because they would get free candy. Years go by, they get into middle school, you know, 11, mm -hmm. 12, 13, and now they're found buried under the dirt. Isn't that just sick? Yeah, that's wild. Isn't, does that not just bring the case to a whole nother level? Yeah. Like he was basically conditioning these kids. Yeah, getting them to trust him, getting them to like him as the person that was giving them free candy. Like the, so years. The realization of that. of that in my mind. Yeah, that's pretty. It really just makes the case really disgusting. Yeah. Because those kids, those same kids that were buried that he raped and tortured, which we're going to get to. And, and it's not good. I mean, we're talking about some very dark shit that he would do. Some very, I mean, worse than Bob Rodella shit. Great. To these kids. Can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Years prior, he would be giving these kids candy. The same kids. That's crazy. At that point, when you were talking about, uh, you know, he, she, Dorothy called her son at eight years old going to the candy company, you know, which is kind of crazy. She actually goes there herself and because she sees her son's bike there when she's driving by. And she says she goes up to Dean Coral, a really nice guy around the neighborhood. Everyone loved him. I'm sorry to bother you, but is my son here? Dave? David, and he would say, quote, yes, ma'am. The man said politely and produced Mally and David from the back room. Slightly ill at ease, Mrs. Hillegeist offered to buy some candy. The man sold her a small box of pralines and divinity for a dollar, quote, and it was right good candy. I can still taste how delicious it was, end quote. Mm. That's fucked. Yeah. She would later find out that Mally's mother, Jerry and Mally worked at the candy company part-time they got jobs oh wow so dean was actually conditioning mally as well he was working at the candy company like sweeping away pecan shells and stuff like that and when mally was 10 years old he came home and told his mom that the candy man had offered him a job sweeping up pecan scraps and peeling caramel off the floor the mother was also offered a job dripping praline so i told you to take a guess of how many bodies were found in the boat shed everyone was close but that exact number was 17 and this is the positioning of the bodies in the boat shed uh you see here that uh we have like in the back here but here's a body right here. Here's a body right here. And you see there's 17 here. You see how they're positioned? So you see the whole map. You see like that one we showed you, right? But 17 in total out of the boat shed. But 17 in total until they said, stop, stop. We're done digging. Oh, so they didn't even dig more. The police did not even dig up all the spots. 
Well, interesting. There are more bodies to be found, which we're going to talk about tomorrow. I hope you guys like that. Wow. That was intense. Well, Sable had said 16. Shram said 18. But Wolfie was the one that said... 17 in total found in the boat shed. But Wolfie said before that they didn't count all the bodies or something like that. And that is also true. There are most likely another one or two bodies in that same boat How shed. How would they say stop? Like, that is actually... It's the same reason they didn't say anything when literally 30 kids go missing from the same neighborhood. I mean, to say stop, like, you are, <laughs> like, you're just like, like, you know what? It's not, it's not worth it to, like, you know, find out and identify all of these bring their bring families peace like that's that's crazy actually i am telling you what, i am wait like what i You're, am telling I'm, you I'm, they we're, gonna, stopped. we're just gonna stop they stopped they who the st- fuck does that they did the same the same people that did not even put it two and two together that all these kids from the same neighborhood at the same age were missing they were so, runaways so kid like it, what's what's the deal with this land now like okay. can they go back and and continue to excavate i actually think they are and i'm gonna get to that tomorrow because i'm still researching but i wow. think i think in recent news they have done that but i want to say this case is not known as dean coral serial killing this is actually known as a mass killing hmm. which is crazy crazy because did he do it at the same time no not not the same time but they call it a mass killing because it was so many you know i don't know they just call it the mass killing i guess because they they just didn't put it two and two together wow i don't know but i hope you guys like that i know there's a little long i didn't think it was gonna be that long but i'm glad you guys stuck with me a lot to it and tomorrow we'll be on uh probably one one o'clock maybe if not just check the yeah one or one or one or maybe earlier we'll see how motivated we are but we are going to be there and then Jen will be with us next week mm-hmm. she couldn't be with us this week but this will be the end of Dean Coral I also want to do like other big cases I, you know this is what I do for a living so I'm going to uh, keep keep it on trucking I guess keep on go keep it on trucking and we are out so we love you guys and we'll see you tomorrow bright and early at one o'clock <laughs> and uh, until next time good night you lovely lovely people